Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever time you are tuning in. Welcome to Homesteading and Gardening in the Suburbs. I'm Emma from Misfit Gardening. And before I get into today's episode, first of all, I want to apologize to you, dear listener. Um, first of all, um, please accept my apologies in advance if my voice sounds a little funny. Um, I lost my voice um, over last weekend and I'm still kind of recovering from from that um but worst of all and i know that there's been a few people who've been trying to get hold of me um about where the podcast episodes have gone over the last three weeks and it's because my computer died and um it's it's we've managed to get it somewhat working um now um, thanks to somebody being very tech savvy and uh, having to kind of help guide me through some stuff to get it working for the for the interim, um, but it really looks like it's it's going to need replacing. So I'm going to have to save up my pennies, um, as my granny would say, and um, look to get myself a a new laptop. So uh, my apologies, guys, that I have been somewhat off the grid. Um, I'm fine. My family's fine. Um, although we've had a couple of minor injuries uh, <laughs> between us <laughs> from ice um, and um, some interesting escapades involving the dogs, um, but you know we're 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 totally fine. It's it's actually been a, a techno issue that we've we've had, and the issue with my laptop's been kind of ongoing for a little bit more. And unfortunately, when it decided not to work at all. Uh, for the last couple of weeks um i don't have like a secondary laptop that i could fall back on to record a podcast for um for everyone so um my sincerest apologies and i want to let you guys know that um i i have seen some messages come through and i am going to be responding to you if i haven't responded to you already so i do want to thank you guys for your patience and thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. So let's get on with it, shall we? You guys have been waiting for three weeks, so let's get started. Um, and I'm recording this, I'm sitting by the fire and I'm looking outside at the snow, right? Maine, snow, winter, makes sense, right? Um, it is a delightfully balmy <clears throat> nine degrees Fahrenheit here on the homestead. And, um, you know, just had a, a nice, you know, home cooked dinner. And it got me thinking about, you know, for, for those of you who love to cook and love to experiment in, in the kitchen, um, what sort of garden could you grow? Um, and today's podcast is really about trialing varieties in the garden for you to enjoy in the kitchen. And I'll, I'll be the first to say my husband is way more of a cook than I am. And, um, you know, he grew up in Texas and he, he learned to barbecue really well, um, which I'm sure you can gather. Like when I told him I didn't want to eat meat anymore, that went down like a ton of lead bricks. Um, but he's he's been very supportive, actually. Um, but, um, you know, he is definitely way more of a cook um, than, than I am. And even though... Um, you know, I, I eat something different to, to him. One of the few things that, that you know, we, we do unanimously <laughs> agree on. Um, isn't that always the case, though, when you're married? Um, but what, one of the things that we really agree on is that our 
garden grown veggies are so much better than anything from the grocery store even the fancy schmancy organic stuff and one of the great things about <clears throat> sorry um growing a garden is the variety that you can grow and try in the kitchen and you know i've i've had a, a real interesting um few months of you know eating things from you know veggies and stuff that have been you know frozen or from the grocery store and stuff like that and you know i've seen over the last couple of weeks that there's been you know things missing from the grocery store i mean you couldn't get bananas for love nor money for a couple of weeks um certainly over here i don't know what it's been like um where you live but there's i mean salads trip too were kind of out i mean i figured it was new year and everybody was on a diet so um trying to get a salad was going to be kind of difficult but i mean there was there was nothing um in our local store for for a little bit <clears throat> and uh, one of the things that my my dear husband um poor chris uh, <laughs> one of the things that he was um remarking on as we were going around the grocery store was he was like i can't wait for spring and i was like I know it's really cold and he's like no because we don't have to worry about buying veggies anymore because there's always something coming out of the garden and it's true that's one of the neat things that you can do if you're a gardener is trying something new and eating it straight from the garden and you know trying new varieties pretty fun to do in the garden and new varieties to grow it adds diversity to the garden but it's also fun to try you know in the kitchen and this is how like trying new varieties that that's how we came to discover that um cherokee purple amish paste and black crim and black icicle tomatoes together make a really wonderful deep tomato pasta sauce and now they're a, a definite mainstay of our garden planning <clears throat> And um, we did a blind taste test as a family a couple of years ago, and we chose our favorite varieties to grow that was based solely on taste. Um, and we never would have known about how good those you know, varieties were if uh, I hadn't been a, just a little bit adventurous in planting different varieties. There was varieties that we didn't like for sure. Um, there was um, a couple of hybrid varieties that I had. Oh gosh, I can't remember the names of them. That big boy, something like that. Um, <clears throat> but we, I mean, none of us liked the taste of those. Um, we tasted some like organic um, tomatoes that we'd picked up from um, the the local um, farmers market as well and that those didn't kind of ring anywhere near as good um celebrity was one that we didn't like either um but you know having that, that sort of taste test done where you know we kind of had them all out on a plate you know everybody got blindfolded um whilst one of us was dishing out the tomatoes to the others so nobody knew what you were getting um you know apart from the person that was divvying them up between you um but everybody kind of came up with you know the the same taste the profile that they liked which i thought that was kind of interesting um that as a family we kind of came up with our own sort of taste profile but <clears throat> you know this year i'm going to be trying a few different varieties and those are going to be grown alongside our usual favorites but this year i'm going to be trying Cordy blue 
uh, Mortgage Lifter, Railroad, Shirley, um, True Black Brandywine, Purple Dog Creek, <clears throat> Amish Orange Sherbet, Italian Paste World War Two, Amazon Chocolate, Kellogg Breakfast, Neptune, and Paw Paw, just to name a few. Chris, my husband, doesn't know it yet, but he's going to be in for some large tomato taste tests and uh it's going to be quite a lot i think um but you know that's that's one of the the fun things for us i mean it might not be fun when we've got loads of tomatoes and we need to can them all very quickly um but it, it, right now it seems like it's going to be a fun experiment or a delicious experiment at least um lettuces um are pretty easy to grow and you can grow a number of different varieties in a small space so for example uh, my husband prefers butter head type lettuces whereas I like the crunchiness of a romaine type and it's quite surprising how different different lettuce varieties can taste and I love growing lots of different varieties and different types of greens and lettuces and stuff for salads and one of our favorite you know late spring salads is a mix of these soft butter head and also crunchy leaves like romaines or cos type lettuces um throw in some mountain spinach and baby spinach and beet leaves and call it good but i'll be honest um it's pretty hard to to beat no pun intended there um but it's, it's hard to to top a uh, baby kale and spinach salad for a nutrient-packed spring salad in early spring um and one of the things that i really like you know the availability of salad blends as seeds like they're already kind of mixed up and that makes it so easy to grow a salad and it takes out you know fretting like you you fretting over what different you know what varieties should i grow well there's there's too many like you can pick up a pre-mixed blend and kind of take a look at that and a lot of the time you know there's there'll be like a couple of different types of lettuces that are in there and there might be one that you prefer over the other and you could just let that one go to seed and save the seed if you prefer that one more but you know in, in our last garden we had um a bunch of different things growing i had um lettuces from you know saved seed that i'd saved from you know the years previously and that always goes out in the garden regardless uh you know because i like having that you know land race always going so i know that i've got something reliably that i'm going to be able to harvest but i had a, a a dmr blend it's called um i want to say that's from high mowing seeds or something somewhere like that um i had a seed savers lettuce mix iron man kale salad mix uh rouge de hiva or rouge de hiva um not entirely sure on the pronunciation of the i didn't do very well with french um at school <laughs> but uh winter density that's a, a a good um early spring or you know fall kind of lettuce to grow um devil's ear is a fond favorite for both of us um butter king and black seeded simpson lettuces um this year i've got some restoration remain from restoration seeds and I'm, I'm pretty excited about growing that but i've also got an interestingly named uh a ruffled variety called hyper red rumple waved try saying that when you've had a couple of drinks um to throw in the mix as well so that's going to be quite exciting and lettuce is one of those plants where you can try a 
bunch of different varieties um, in one growing season. Um, so if you sow one variety and then two weeks later sow a different variety and then two weeks later you sow a different one, like you can make use of successional sowing and trying something different. So let's talk about an example for that so I haven't lost you completely. So let's say that you love flashy trout back romaine lettuce, right? You sow that at the beginning of the growing season in early spring. So that would be April 30th for me. So two weeks later, that would put you at 14th of May. You would then sow another variety. Let's say it's Gully's favourite. So you sow those seeds. So two weeks later, you brings us to what uh 28th of may um you sow another variety let's say you've got some red salad bowl seeds so you sow those and then two weeks after that that puts us on uh, 11th of june sorry i'm looking at my calendar as i'm recording this so if my math's right and it might not be, uh, but around 11th of June, you would sow some others. So let's say you decide to sow some more of your favorites. So let's sow some more flashy trouts back romaine. And then two weeks later, puts us in around 25th of June, uh, you'll sow some helvius romaine lettuce. Okay, so now you've not only extended your lettuce growing to have more harvests because as those plants you started back in the end of April, they're going to be starting to be ready for harvesting from around the 29th of June. That's based on a 60 days to maturity, right, for your seeds. But you've also been able to grow more varieties. Now, you can, of course, mix it up. You could sow more of your flashy trout remain, you know, or, you know, sow that favourite with a few seeds of a new variety if you're not sure if you're going to like it. Or you could just sow the whole new variety, you know, in that successional sowing period. Whatever works for you and for your garden. Remember, there's no one who gardens like you. There's no one who has a garden like you, right? Your own microclimate is going to be very different, even from the person next door. And there's as many ways to garden as there are people on planet Earth. So you do you, my friend, and what works for your garden. I like a lot of diversity. I like a lot of successional sewing. So I'll, you know, sew different, different things. I hate to be bored, um, you know, in the garden. So I always like to grow something that looks a little different, right? Because it's always kind of fun to see things coming up. And, you know, I'd like to walk through, around the garden and, you know, kind of make notes on some of these things of what looks good, what doesn't. But um, this successional sowing trick you can use to squeeze in more varieties to try for other plants too. So you could try it for carrots, spring onions or scallions or green onions, whatever you call them. Uh, radishes, spinach, kale, chard, peas, uh, mitsuna, tatsoi, bok choy, mustard, cilantro, beets, turnips and broccoli rab. All of which are really great early spring veggies and herbs to grow. So if you've been kind of thinking that you want to try some other varieties and maybe you're kind of talking yourself out that you don't quite have enough space, well, if you're going to be successional sowing in your garden, that's your way to get some more variety in there and try something new for the kitchen. But having a garden often means that we try to do more in the kitchen with what's ready in the garden or what we already have so you know maybe we'll kind of 
you know we won't get so worried about if you know a couple of leaves have had a bit of a nibble here and there you know from a bug or something you know we'll we'll try and use as much as we can you know of that plant or of that harvest so we're not wasting as much but one of the things that I think is kind of fun is to try to challenge yourself to make one meal a week totally from the garden with whatever's ready to harvest granted if you were you know in the northern states right now and you're under a couple of feet of snow might not be um something that you're able to do right now um but you know in the growing season it might be kind of a fun challenge to do um you might have to get creative but i would love to see what you guys come up with um from you know a meal straight from the garden in the facebook group so please share what some of those are and let me know and you know the weekly trip to the allotment plot when i lived in the uk was one of my favorite things on the weekend not just because you know i love to to garden but taking some basic ingredients like an egg or a little of olive oil a couple of oats for oatmeal maybe a flask a flask of tea obviously um but you know i i take them a little camp stove a little mess tin to cook with that i had back back in cadets but I, you know, I headed off to the allotments with the doggies and, you know, I would try to make breakfast from the plot using whatever was ready to harvest. It might have been, you know, oatmeal with rhubarb or maybe it was like crepes or pancakes with some blackcurrant sauce or maybe it was a spring on, you know, spring onion omelette. I drew the line at Brussels sprouts. I uh, was not going to be doing anything with those. Um, you know, and I, I definitely never got to eat any carrots, though, because my beloved Border Collie Sparky, he's the first to sniff those out that are ready and the ones that taste good. And he pulls them up and helps himself. He's done that since he was little. And at 17 years old now, he still does it. I say that he's he's down by my feet just just chilling out he's he's had a hard day today he ran after a fox that he found and then got stuck in the snow poor little poor old boy he is um but i digress um you know so that was kind of fun like trying to cook things with what you have available but that's also kind of brings me back to you know having that successional sowing capability means that you're going to have a steady harvest available so you're going to have things that are going to be ready over a period of number of weeks it's not all going to be ready all at once you're going to be able to kind of space your harvest out and extend that harvest season and that's always a useful skill to be practicing in the garden now I want to talk about an experiment that we did about uh, winter squashes a few years ago and if you probably haven't guessed um, by now, but squashes are probably one of my favorite things um, to grow in the garden. And, you know, here in America, the sheer variety of squashes and beans available. Oh, my gosh. Like I'm, I'm in heaven. Um, you know, there's just so many and I want to try growing them all because they're so there's so many different things and they all look really pretty and interesting. Um and now I've got a bit more land. I'm really trying to rein myself in on not growing them all because we will end up with 
loads of squashes and I don't know what to do with them all. But um, a few a few years ago, back, back in Utah, um, we decided to do a bit of an experiment on winter squashes. So we knew that we liked and used spaghetti squash on a regular basis. So we, we grew that because we knew it was something that we ate, you know, on a fairly regular basis, right? It's kind of nice to switch out, you know, pasta sometimes like spaghetti for, you know, spaghetti squash. So we grew a couple of spaghetti squash plants. We also grew a, a variety called Table Queen, which is an acorn type of squash. Uh, we also grew Burgess Buttercup, which is a softer, more fibrous type of flesh. We grew ute, which has a similar texture um, to the, the buttercup squash. Um, it kind of has that sort of dumpling kind of look. And then on the bottom of the squash, there's like a kind of like a, a rosette, I guess. So there's like a circular bit that kind of descends a little, a little more. Um, and, and those are always very interesting to, to grow and, and see. Um, and then we had uh, Winter Luxury Pie and Marina di Chioggia. Um, and oh, we also grew Waltham Butternut. So I found um, during this kind of cooking and growing experiment that we did, um, I found that I absolutely despised the taste and texture of the acorn squash. And I even really disliked this winter luxury pie pumpkin um they were watery they lacked sweetness and they lacked flavor um my husband on the other hand absolutely loved them um i i even tried delicata squash which is the same squash family as the the winter luxury um and it's meant to be very sweet and i didn't think it was sweet at all um so these these varieties as well as the vegetable spaghetti the table queen acorn squash the um delicata um they're all part of the curcubita papo family and i know i've talked about um the squash families before on the podcast um but the curcubita papo is is a pretty large family um it has you know, even large Halloween pumpkins um, in it, like Howden and Connecticut Field, and summer squashes, like the patty pan squashes, zucchini, marrows, and, and those kind of things. And um, I've, I've really tried to like these winter squashes. I, I really have. Um, you know, I've tried them in pie, I've tried them in soup, stews, curries, stuffed, roasted, all of that. Um, but I, I'm sorry to say the Pepo family of uh, the Kirkubits are definitely relegated to summer squashes and Halloween pump pumpkins and probably just the vegetable spaghetti for me and my palate. Now, the buttercup type of squashes, on the other hand, are part of the Kirkubita Maxima family. Um, they also have some Halloween type um pumpkins in there and some other kind of fancy looking ones like the cinderella pumpkins and stuff um but the flesh of these types of pumpkins the maxima ones tends to be a little drier um but they puree down very well um they don't hold up as firmly as a butternut type of squash does when when you're cooking it um but the flesh of these varieties are often very high in carotenes or um, you know other um, nutrients that help uh, you know give it a beautiful orange or peach color 
and I find these varieties more flavorful and versatile in the kitchen um, from making things like Sardinian um, thipulas or roasting with garlic, rosemary and chili flakes and olive oil. I'm making myself hungry now. Um, my favorite of the Maximas though has to be the Marina di Chioggia, the Italian sea pumpkin green and warty on the outside but oh so delicious on the inside um, i'm also very fond of the candy roaster north georgia hubbard and banana type of squashes for flavor and versatility i would really love to have like the because the the candy roaster squash is just this beautiful like pink peach color with like these kind of like sea green ends to them it's very pretty um to look at and there's just there's just a lot of like diversity within the curcubita maxima family so i always like to grow something from that family just because it looks pretty um but i'm even more surprised when it comes to eating them of just how um interesting the flavor are and the candy roast in north georgia i i'll never forget when we harvested it and um i was cutting it up in in the kitchen and i was turning it into um some some chutney actually and um, my husband walked in and he's like did you buy a melon like are, 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 you know cooking a melon or something I was like no it's a squash um and it just I mean it was it was really pretty delicious and um even the the dog was I mean Sparky loves melon at the best of times but even he was sat there like hey you want to share some of that i've been a very good boy um because it was just it had very like fragrant um smell to it so um if you're interested um that would be one for you to try in the garden uh butternut type of squashes on the other hand belong to the curcubita moschata family um these are the most long-lasting in storage of all of the squashes um waltham butternut honestly was always really hit and miss for me to grow in the garden in utah i had way more success with orange butternut which has a very dark orange flesh on the inside um also pennsylvania crook uh pennsylvania dutch crookneck and canada crookneck is a similar variety there um those grew pretty well and quite surprisingly um the large italian heirloom uh, lunga di napoli grew incredibly well for me um these squashes they they have this you know very characteristic deep orange flesh um thanks to lots of phytonutrients like carotenes and stuff that's there um they work really well in lots of different dishes although butternut squash and sweet potato soup with chili is my winter go-to in the kitchen so how would you trial squashes well just like we did you could grow something you know that you already like and try varieties that look similar so let's take vegetable spaghetti you know you like that one so you could grow that along with trialing um salmon kabocha uh, or kabucha uh, also known as the kinshi squash which look very similar to the skinny golden noodles of vegetable spaghetti um, you could also try another squash in the same curcubita pepo family like we did you know maybe try delicata squash along with your um, vegetable spaghetti same family but looks different and has a different taste and texture um, so if you know you like vegetable spaghetti let's say um, and let's say that you never knew that there were other families of squash you could try adding 
one from the Curcubitamaxima family and maybe a Curcubitamoschata squash family to your garden to grow alongside your trusty vegetable spaghetti. They won't cross-pollinate, so you can save the seeds and keep them true to the parent plant and grow them again the following season. So, for example, you could grow vegetable spaghetti, blue hubbard, which is a maxima variety, and a Canada crookneck, which is your moschata variety. Or you could do um, lower salmon river, which is a maxima variety, and mosquito province, or provence, mosquito province, maybe. Um, a moschata variety. I I am terrible at, at naming these things. <laughs> Maybe that's why I prefer doing la- land race varieties. Like I don't have to like keep butchering the pronunciation of the heirloom varieties. Either way, um, if if you're growing um squashes you know growing the three squash families is adding a lot more diversity to the garden um and also it gives you a greater opportunity to save seeds from things because you know if you're worried about things crossing and you want to keep these heirloom varieties true to type which is totally fine um you know you can you can do that without the worry of them cross-pollinating each other but let's talk about what sort of notes you should keep if you're trialing new varieties because I don't want to bore you completely in this episode of you know some of the things that we've tried growing together and you know the varieties that we've preferred over the other um you know it's it's really down to experimenting yourself in the garden and trying stuff um so I decided to flip through my own garden journal um to see what notes I've taken so the first thing that I make a note of obviously is the variety that I'm trialing um but I make a note of when I started the seeds when I transplanted them into the garden I make notes of where the new varieties are growing because you know if um, for instance, your you know nicely made labels um, get blown away or moved or whatever. Um, at least you have a backup, you know, note of where something was put. Um, so I always make a note of you know where things are, and I number the beds that I create. I have kind of like a numbering system and a diagram that I drew, just just a little sketch bed one bed two bed three bed four um you know just because it makes it easier um for rotations and stuff like that i know what's growing in where um i also like to put in anecdotes about how well they grew like uh my note from 25th of june 2017 painted mountain corn growing the best so far that's all i wrote (laughs) like did, did that mean it was growing taller, greener? Was it more sturdy? Like I didn't, I didn't make any other note other than painted mountain corn growing the best so far. But I also take notes about signs of stress or disease. Uh, for example, 17th of September, 2017. Blossom end rot has ruined all, butternut, uh, all buttercup plants in bed eight. Uh, or 8th of August 2018 powdery mildew has spread to the squashes in beds three four five and nine so that's handy to know because if you start to see when you're reviewing back through your notes that you keep getting issues of diseases um, those similar diseases in the same beds it might be time to um, have a a look are you growing something similar are you growing things that are susceptible are you um, 
you know do you have a certain way that those beds are getting watered those beds in particular in my last garden were right next to an overhead sprinkler so they were getting um, a lot of um you know water on them which was perpetuating the the mildew problems um what else do i write in my my notebook when trialing new varieties i write when plants start to flower or when they're setting baby fruits um, so for example 12th of july 2018 homestead and cherokee purple tomato setting fruits um, I'll also add in things like yields about different varieties and your yields need not be weights or anything um, you could make a note of bunches or numbers of fruits if that's easier because you've only got a small quantity um, but if of course you're growing commercially then obviously you need to follow you know weights and measures um, that are required in the area that you're growing um, for commercial and for sale but I mean my garden journal um let's oh the potato bed yeah let's let's do that one 14th of july 2018 test bed potato trials purple viking moderate harvest a handful of baking sized potatoes rest were small new potato size about one grocery bag full norland red potatoes failed to grow desiree potatoes had great yields mostly medium baking sized potatoes four grocery bags full so with that in mind um if i was looking at this just from a a yield perspective and what should i grow again mm, i might want to grow more of the desiree potatoes than purple viking um if i'm looking for you know baking potatoes and i'm probably not going to try norland red potatoes again in my garden um because you know none of them grew so it, it helps you make kind of informed choices about those kind of things but lastly one of the things that i make in my garden journal and i know it doesn't necessarily make sense it being in a garden journal but i'll make notes about the taste so i know when it comes to land raised seed saving and planning um uh, you know i'm putting my tastiest vegetables out to grow again the next year and those are the ones that i'm saving seed from so it does kind of help to put some notes in there there's quite a lot that i wrote last year um about um the melons that i had been growing and the various kind of anecdotes about that like one was um more fresher tasting the other one was kind of sweet and had a soft texture um so depending on you know what our preferences were um for growing a squash maybe i'll sow more seeds of one than the other so let's talk about um you know if you're new to gardening or you're new for shopping seeds and you're wanting things to grow that are going to be good you know flavorful varieties to grow in the kitchen where do you start well one of the good things that you can try looking for is look for arc of taste slow foods usa if you're based in the us you can also do arc of taste slow foods and then just put in whatever country you're um, tuning in from because there's lots of varieties that have been nominated by chefs for having particularly good flavor and what you can do is you can obviously look on the arc of tastes website and see what varieties are listed um, but you can also try searching um, especially if you're looking online 
um, on a on a seed supplier you can just use the search bar on the seed suppliers website and try typing in arc of taste slow foods and and see what kind of varieties pop up so i did a couple on a couple of different um seed suppliers and when i i searched for that um there was a, a few varieties that popped up so brandywine sudath strained tomato popped up candy roast and melon squash um which isn't a variety that i have but it looks pretty good um <laughs> cherokee purple tomato deer tongue lettuce gill feather turnip rutabaga that one looks really interesting that looks pretty gnarly and i really want to grow that in my garden <laughs> um jimmy nardello's italian sweet pepper seven top turnip and that's that that particular turnip um produces more turnip tops it doesn't produce much of a root um so if you like turnip greens that's a great variety for you to try um thelma sanders sweet potato squash is on there um the Oland uh swedish brown bean um is also there um so those are just some varieties that you might find listed under that search and obviously it's going to depend on you know the seed supplier what they have available those kind of things um also if you're buying produce through a csa you know community supported agriculture um or just through the farmer's market and there's something that you really like the taste of um you could always ask the farmer what the variety was um, and make a note of it if it's something that you want to try growing yourself um, another way that you can find out what are good varieties to try to grow <clears throat> is to have a look at the best sellers or the customer favorites from your seed supplier um, some su seed suppliers are really good at kind of making a note of like this is a customer favorite or you know best seller or something like that others um you know sometimes they print it in the printed catalog rather than it being online um but if if you've got a seed supplier that does make a note of a bestseller or you know back for you know that you know this year um that might be somewhere that you can have a look and you know look at those because if it's a bestseller or a customer favorite and customers keep coming back for more then there's obviously a good reason for that and it's probably because it's easy to grow and it tastes good so i want to know from you what are your tastiest vegetable or fruit varieties to grow help another gardener out and share your favorites over in the facebook group until next time i hope your garden grows beautifully stay safe out there and i'll see you next week